Hello and welcome to In A Good Place, the well-being and personal development podcast from Hello, hosted by me, Rosie Nixon. It's great to have you here. In each episode, I'll be chatting to an inspirational personality. And for this, our second season, I'm also going to talk to our guests about key moments when their lives move into a new chapter. I'm calling this a reset, and it's a topic that gets me really excited. Since we launched this podcast, I've been on my own reset journey. I've refashioned my working life, going from editor-in-chief to the role of creative brand ambassador at Hello, allowing myself more time for my family and for my other passion, writing books. It has given me a new lease of life. So I thought this would be a really interesting area to dive into with my guests. So I've asked them to come to the recording with two reset moments for us to discuss as part of the chat. At the end of each conversation, there will be some takeaways and I guarantee you will feel one step closer to creating the life you want to wake up to. Here at Hello, we love smashing a taboo and especially when it comes to giving airtime to women's health issues. Did you know that one in three women will experience some form of bladder weakness in their lifetime? It's an especially common experience for new mums and 30% of women are using the wrong products to help manage these issues. It's important to always seek medical advice, but in the meantime, the Tenor Discreet Ultra Pads range are specifically designed for bladder weakness, keeping you dry and odour-free for up to 12 hours. So as a busy mum, you can go about your everyday life in confidence. Thank you, Tenor, for being a part of our mission to support others in vulnerable moments. So my guest this week is Ola Jordan. Ola became famous, along with her husband James, as professional dancers on Strictly Come Dancing, where she lit up the ballroom from 2006 to 2015. After leaving the show, she went on to become a judge on Dancing with the Stars in her native Poland, before quitting the limelight for a bit to focus on starting a family. Ola has made no secret of her struggle to fall pregnant, revealing in Hello that after years of trying to have a baby naturally, she and James were going to try IVF. Thankfully, it worked, and the couple had share a beautiful daughter, three-year-old Ella. Ola is passionate about health and fitness and has been on a huge journey with regards to her body, revealing in January that she'd lost almost three and a half stones in weight, and this is something I'm keen to discuss with her today too. So hello, Ola. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh, me too. We wanted to chat to each other for ages. I'm glad it's happened. Yes, finally. The the first question that I ask all my guests is, are you in a good place? I am in a good place, in an amazing place, yes. We just moved house and my Ella is, you know, amazing and growing well and everything's good. Yes, I'm in a good place. So you can talk physically about being in a good place, being in your new house. Yeah, I'm in my new house. I mean, we've moved quite a lot. It's my husband's idea, not so much mine. I prefer just, just to be in one place and... I think he's just doing everything up, you know, doing the new house up and it just takes so much and it's so stressful dealing with everything. But yeah, I'm I'm happy here. This is a good home. Last home we were in, it wasn't quite good for Ella, you see. So it's all about her now. Everything yeah. is what's right for her. The house wasn't right. This one is amazing. She loves it here. So yeah, it was definitely a great move. Oh, I can see that written all over your face. Are you still in Kent? Yes, we're still in Kent, yes. And how is life with a busy toddler? Oh, my God. It is crazy. Um, I don't know how people do it with two or three (laughs) or four or five, (laughs) in fact. But I think you just find your ways. But, yeah, it's a a big shock to your system when you have your first child, I think, Mm. Um, especially when you may be a bit more selfish because it's all about you. Um, isn't it? It's all about it. And then, and the thing is, I had um, Ella later in life, so all those years, you know, it's all about me. And and then suddenly, this little person comes along, that is absolutely amazing. And suddenly, your your life changes massively uh, because it's all about her. Everything, every decision that we make now, it's it's about Ella. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, the center of your world just completely changes. Uh, is she having any um, toddler meltdowns? Oh, loads. <laughs> oh, 
I remember those lying on a supermarket floor going mad. Right. And then what do you do? You know, you sort of want to ignore it, but then everyone is looking at me and people recognize you and you go, oh no, oh, it's that, that girl from Strictly, look at her and that child laying on the floor. <laughs> well, yeah, it can get a bit embarrassing. And also when they call it um, terrible twos, it's not quite mm. terrible twos because they start at one and she's free and she's still Still got the tantrums, so yeah. Um, I don't know why they call it terrible truths because it continues. It can be quite anxiety-inducing, can't it? Yeah. When you are in a public place, how do you deal with that? I don't know. I don't know. You just, yeah, you just pray that no one recognizes you and no one sees you, and you like quick or just give a chocolate that you not you know you're not supposed to, and you're not you you know you, it's not the right thing to do, but. Sometimes you just want to survive. I know. It is about survival some days. Perhaps wear a disguise as well might be helpful some days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah, I think, you know, um, what I realized that there's no book that can tell you how to raise a child. There's just no right book or no right uh, thing. I think you just find, have to find it out for yourself. Mm. Um, what, is, what is the right thing when you bring up child up? Well, you and James certainly seem like a great partnership when it comes to parenting. And I love the column that you write for us at Hello Magazine. It's on the website regularly and it includes lots of fun updates about family life. But you're also such a love story. The two of you have been married for nearly 20 years yeah. and together for nearly 25 years. Yeah. And you met across a crowded dance floor. That's right. Um, yes, I came to England when I was 17 uh, to dance with James. Um, he was looking for a dance partner. I was looking for a dance partner. And we just, yeah, our coach knew both of us. And uh, James came over to Poland to have a tryout with me. And he said, come over, come over to England, dance with me, represent England with me. And I did. I packed my bags. And I did. And wow, what a decision that was. Yes, at <laughs> um, 17. At 17. And, you know, I'm still surprised now that my mum and dad let me, but I still <laughs> wanted to have a nice life and do what I wanted to do. And um, and all those years later, we're still here, we're still together. And yeah, life is good. Was it love at first sight? Um, I think for me, yes. I'm not sure for him. Maybe he was. <laughs> Yeah, he was, you know what, he was um, obviously older boy and I think he was quite mature for his age and I think right. what I liked about him, he always had his head screwed on, you know, he was driving a car and, you know, he was working and he was quite uh, self-sufficient, let's say. So I like that about him. I mm. like that he was, um, yeah, he was... Yes. Impressive. There's nothing more impressive than a guy with a car, is there, yeah. when you're no, 17, no, 18? No. <laughs> yeah. He was good looking as well, but I did like the fact that he was quite, you know, um, yeah, he was. He had his job, his own money, he's, and he was still quite young, so I like that about him. Yeah, because he's only a few years older, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. So he was like 21 and he was self-sufficient. Yeah. How do you keep the spark alive after all that time? What's your secret? Oh, that's a good question. It's hard. It's really hard with having Ella now because obviously, you know, you don't want to be just leaving her with babysitters left, right and centre. You know, it's hard, but but I don't know. We just make it work somehow. The old night out, there's not many nights out without Ella anymore. But yeah, I think... Just doing things as a family as well, just being together, it's nice. But also, I, I like him going out and playing golf because that's my time as well, away from him. As It's nice. I think it works both ways. You need the time together, but also because we work together, we need time separate as well, which is nice for us. Um, and I often tell him, are you not playing golf today? <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's nice to have both for us. And what things do you do when you're having time just for yourself? What would you prioritize? Well, I, I don't know, from starting from tidying up the house. Yeah, um, <laughs> once all of that's done. Not yeah. that much uh, time that I have for myself, but probably yeah. shopping as well would be on my list. Um, yes. In, in peace and quiet. 
uh, because obviously when you're with a toddler, you know, she's free and she's full on. So if I go shopping, mm. I can't quite concentrate. That's true. <laughs> so when I have the time on my own, then be probably shopping or, you know, just, mm. and then you find so many things to do, you know, I'm sure you know yourself, then you don't know which one is the priority to do. So yeah, there's always a list of things to do. Yeah. Oh, well, let's dive straight into your reset moments that you've given me in advance of this chat. And the first one is becoming a mother. One of the most seismic reset moments in any woman's life, definitely. And there's often a certain perception, I think, about people in the public eye, that they have an enviable lifestyle and career and bank balance and a life full of sparkle and sequins, as was certainly the case for you and James. But it rarely is that picture perfect on the inside. And for a number of years, you and James struggled to conceive naturally. And eventually, when you were going to embark on IVF, you made a brave decision to publicly share that journey towards becoming parents. And I'm so grateful that you chose Hello in which to share it. What was your thought process behind deciding to do that? Um, do you know what? It was really, really hard, actually, uh, looking back, because putting yourself forward and saying, I can't get pregnant, I'm going to go for IVF, and then going, knowing that people know that and going through IVF, and what if it didn't happen? That would have been really hard, I think. I would pr probably, pref in some ways, prefer to hide it. But I did have that moment, no, I've got to let people know because everyone was asking us questions. Obviously, we've been together for many years, like you know. Yeah. So all those years you try not to get pregnant because you're dancing, traveling the world, you've got this amazing career and an amazing life. And then I always wanted to be a mother and James always wanted to be a dad. And, you know, since we've always been together, we always talked about having family. So having this realization of not being able to get pregnant was quite mm -hmm. hard for us because we were like, well, what now, you know? Um, we've built this life. We had this house prepared for family, but we can't get pregnant. It was, it was, it was hard, really hard. But I think because there was a lot of questions from everyone, not mm. family and friends, well, when are you going to have that baby, you know? And he was always answering. And funny enough, when we did our article when he came out suddenly the question stopped because everyone yes. knew it was sort of a sore subject and yes one knew that then you know you're struggling mm. right we're going to leave you alone which in some ways was nice and some ways you know people knew where we were standing with that you know so yeah but I think you know going ahead with the article first of all was quite hard Mm, it's such a big and loaded question, isn't it? I mean, it really should be banned that you shouldn't be able to ask people something so personal. It does come from a good place, you know. You know, my mum and dad or your friends. I know it comes from, from a good place that they want you to have mm. one running around. You know, it was hard to take, but no, I wasn't ever, you know, mad at people asking it. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that you did share that story in that way, because I think it would have offered, you know, some inspiration to others and also a feeling of support. Yeah, there's so many people that came out to us late and when we went through IVF and no one knows about it and and so many people, so mm. many friends that I didn't know that went through IVF as well. And people were contacting me and saying, oh, I saw you at the clinic, you know. Mm. that's when you go yeah people really watch you and people 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 knew you, you, yes you sitting in a in your waiting room mm. and did you feel an additional pressure being in the public eye um yeah I felt in some ways I felt like I needed to let people know as well and I'm glad I did because I think yeah. in some ways I helped a lot of people that they're not lonely because I felt lonely when I was going when when we were just about to do it I felt lonely because I felt like all my friends are getting pregnant so quickly. Mm. Who do I talk to? Who is going through the same problem as me? I didn't really know. And then when I said that we're going through IVF, suddenly a lot of people opened up to me and then mm. I had a conversation with them. Um, yeah. so now when I meet people, they go, oh yeah, my daughter's from IVF. And then suddenly we've got this conversation, you know, and, and a lot of people, a lot of people go through IVF, unfortunately. How did you find the IVF experience? 
Whoa, it was like a roller coaster. Yeah, it was quite hard, you know, every month because you won this little baby so much. At that time, you know, I, I felt like I'm, I was sort of done with my career. I've done so much. I was ready for that, you know, that baby to come along. You just want it so bad. You just, yeah, and, and I couldn't imagine, because I always imagined myself as being mum, what is my life going to be like without children? It was hard realisation. I knew that, you know, it is what it is, and sometimes that's the way life goes. Mm. But I've I found it hard accepting it in some way. So, yeah, it was difficult. So every moment you go through IVF, every injection and... And the waiting, it's like a waiting game from injections to, you know, how many eggs have you made? And the numbers go down all the time. And then how many eggs are being fertilized and how many survived the fertilization? And then day one, day two, you know, and then you get called in on like day two or three and say, right, you can come in to have the embryos put in. But then some people will get the phone call saying none of them survived. So all this injecting and waiting, you might get, might get the phone call and go, actually, none of them survived. And it was horrible. Every morning you just you, you wait for that phone call, seeing if, if they survived, if you've got any embryos. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's very hard to keep the hope going when you're on such a roller coaster. It is. And we were very lucky that we became pregnant the first time. But I can't imagine and I don't know how people go through so many IVF, you know. Um, they, I know people that have done 10 times IVF and haven't had a child afterwards. So it's hard. And I don't know, looking back now, how hard it was that first one. I don't know how many I personally would be able to go through because mm. quite heartbreaking wait waiting for all of that it's hard so two three I don't know if I could do ten yeah. no it can be a very very long journey with no way of knowing when it, it's going to end yeah um, which is really tough it's almost like um, waiting how your life's going to end up because your life is so different with children in, in some ways, I wanted to know if I'm going to have children because if I don't, I just, that's fine. I just have to move on with my life and stop mm. thinking about that part of my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. How did you and James support each other during that time? Um, I mean, James was really good. I mean, I knew how much he wanted to be dad. So it was heartbreaking for me not be able to give him a child and but he was really good you know he was very supportive he was there with me all the time holding my hand and you know we were doing it together so yeah he was amazing really amazing oh and the great news that it did work the first time yes which was fantastic and now you've got your little Ella so how has becoming a mum reset your life oh my god amazing <laughs> um yeah it's uh I Obviously, I always wanted to have children, but just having that little girl, I mean, she's a little girl now, um, you know, she is just so amazing and so cute. And obviously, she's amazing because she's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's just a, such a special little girl. And she's probably a bit spoiled because she's so wanted, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just love her. We love her so much. And you had her in 2020. Yes. And with the pandemic. Yes. So you had a pandemic baby. Yes. So obviously missed out on a lot of that sort of going around with your buggy and meeting other mums. Yes, missed out on a lot. And to be honest with you, I don't know what it's like to have a baby not in a lockdown. So I probably don't know what it's like <laughs> to have a baby in a normal circumstances yeah it was very strange we had uh, a baby and then three weeks later we went into lockdown so I was at home even before you know I got home and I was at home pretty much all the time and then we went into lockdown so I was like oh great I can't get out anywhere now couldn't see anyone no one could really come and see Ella she struggled with reflux quite a lot so it was like you know, FaceTiming your mum and dads and friends and is this normal, is, is it okay? You know, this we've got this little newborn in a house and no one can come and see you. Yeah, it was quite um quite strange. Yes, yeah. 
because the whole thing is strange anyway, isn't it? Because your life has been turned upside down. What was the most challenging part for you, do you think, during that time? You know, I think because James's dad got really ill at that time as well. He found out he had a brain tumour, so he was in hospital two, three weeks after Ella, um, just as we went into lockdown, that he had the first seizure. So that was sort of as well overshadowing the whole thing. I mean, we were worried about him because he was in the hospital and we couldn't go and see him either. And then we had this newborn baby in our arms. So juggling all that and being stuck in a house, yeah, it was something else, I can tell you. But somehow we've survived it, you know. Each other. I was dead for James because James was obviously, you know, he was heartbroken to have his dad in a hospital with seizures and we didn't know why at that time. And yeah, it was challenging time. Challenging. Yeah. yeah. And what surprised you the most about becoming a mum? Um, what surprised me the most? I don't know. I think I would have more patience. <laughs> I don't have that much patience. I think James is more patient than me. I think that surprised me. I thought I'd be the patient mum, but I'm not that patient. (laughs) Well, it's very testing at times, isn't it? You really have to call on your inner calmness. James said something interesting, actually, in an interview with Hello, when you announced the happy news that you were pregnant, because luckily, you know, we really enjoyed being by your side um, throughout this whole journey. And he said that we were worried we'd sacrificed having kids by putting our careers first for so long. And I thought that that would probably resonate with others. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's feeling like that? Don't put it away. Just have a baby. It's never the right time to have a baby, in my opinion, because even though we were going through that IVF, I was thinking to myself, I'm not ready for this. But I was already, you know, 37, 8. So I couldn't be any more ready. You can't ever be more ready, you know. So it's never the right time. And if you feel like you want to have children, don't leave it too late because maybe that's what happened to us. Maybe not. Maybe we did have some sort of problems that, you know, I could have had when I was 20. Um, And I didn't know because I was never trying to get pregnant. But um, I'd say, don't leave it. Don't leave Mm. it. If you really want to have children, don't leave it. And, you know, we can change a lot of things. I know that women work more nowadays. But our body clocks don't change. We can't just extend them. You know, our bodies are what they are. And if you want to have a baby, I wouldn't put it away. Mm. And what advice would you offer to somebody who is on that journey now? Don't give up. Don't give Mm. up hope. There will be, you know, there will be, even if for me, obviously, IVF happened and, and, and we have a little Ella, but if we didn't, I probably looked into different things, you know, mm-hmm. there's adoptions and uh, using other embryos or other eggs. So, you know, if you really want that baby, it will happen for you and don't give up. Yeah. Just keep going. It is tough. And I think we've got to say, you know, how amazing IVF is. So many people, you know, 50 years ago wouldn't be able to do it, you know. So there is so many people that go through it um, and so many people get this amazing result from IVF. You know, it's just wonderful what they can do nowadays. Absolutely amazing. It's a very costly procedure as well, isn't it? I mean, sometimes I guess there could be financial limitations on how long a couple can give it or a, a person can give it. Yes, very costly, and I'm sure it's very hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Mm. Who was your greatest support network during that time? Uh, my sister. I had my sister, and she knew I was going through it. And I think I didn't tell too many people that I am actually going in and having my IVF. Obviously, people knew that we're going to go through IVF, but didn't know that much about it. I think my sister was the closest person to me that I would say everything, to be honest. Yeah, the trusted person that she is, yeah. How do you think is the best way to support a friend or a family member that is going through IVF when you have the best intentions but don't want to say the wrong thing? Yeah, I think don't ask about it. Yeah. If I'm honest, if I was going through IVF and I would be going to a party, family party or something, 
I wouldn't want people asking me, so how is it? Did it happen? You know, yes. it can be really heartbreaking if it's not. And even if it has, I wouldn't want to say straight away that it happened because, you know, you've got to wait for the first 12 weeks. And with IVF, you, you know, you, you find out quite early that you're pregnant and obviously anything can happen. So don't ask because even if it did happen, if someone is pregnant from IVF, they wouldn't want to tell you just yet. So wait for yes. them to tell you that it happened or didn't happen because, yeah, I wouldn't want to have to talk to anyone really and, and mm. say that what happened. Yeah. Yeah, that is very good advice. Now, I know that fitness is really important to you and you've been on quite a journey in terms of your body since yes. becoming a mum. I mean, IVF took its toll on the body and then you were in lockdown. Tell me about all of that. Yeah, I think I, I suppose I didn't realize how much IVF probably took the toll on my body, but it did. I have put a lot of weight on during pregnancy and I don't know if that's the injections from IVF or what it was, but I have. I've put a lot of weight during pregnancy. Um, and then obviously I had Ella and then we were in a lockdown. I didn't go out anywhere. So then you just at home and yeah, dad was ill and the last thing on your mind was to be healthy yourself, I mm -hmm. suppose. And then one day you wake up and you go, oh my God, what happened to me? Um, I had this amazing dancer's body. Where is it gone? Yeah, I think it took a while for me to realize what happened and seeing pictures. And obviously lockdown finished and we were going on holidays and you were going, wow, you know, what happened to that person? I don't look the same. I, you know, I've put a lot of weight on, um, a lot. Yeah. So bodies have obviously done an incredible thing, you know, have giving birth to a baby, growing a baby. But the turning point came for you when you shared that image on social media and it was you in a green bikini by the pool on a holiday. And um, I have to say there's no judgment on body shape in this space at all. All shapes and sizes are beautiful. But that had a very big effect on your health, didn't it? Yes. And I had to, I felt I just had to do something about it. I was unhappy, you know, I was unhappy and I've got to be honest with myself. I always had um, a sort of dancer's body. I was always fit and I was unhappy, really unhappy. And I, I decided to post it and do something about it because if I didn't post it, it'd be like hiding again. I'd never mm -hmm. posted pictures of myself on Instagram, you know, like in full. I was always hiding. I was, I'd never had the right dress on. I... And I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to post and I'm going to do something about it because it's enough now. I had enough. So you felt really low about it. Yeah, I did. Mm. Yeah, I did. I, I wasn't in a good place. I, I, um, yeah, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to dress up. And I thought, I'm not a really good role model here for my daughter. What happened mm. to me? That's not me. I'm not this person. Yeah, so it was a bit of a, a wake-up call for me, I think. And James was going through a similar thing. Yeah, uh, he's put quite a lot of weight on as well, similar to me. He was at home. He, you know, we had quite a lot of stress around the lockdown. Yeah. I'm sure like everyone else, but with dad being ill in a hospital, uh, that put stress on James a lot. And yeah, we just, we got maybe greedy as well. We were eating too much, not moving much. Um, you know, for him, maybe he didn't look as bad as me because I'm much shorter and I'm petite person. But yeah, he's put a lot of weight on as well. So um, yeah, but I did it for us. I've, I've posted that pictures without him knowing actually. And then he was like, oh, mm -hmm. great, thank you, darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I had to have that. I had to have a wake up call. And maybe for some people it might be weird wake up call to post that. Mm. But for me, it was just like, I've got to do something about it. If I, yeah, I felt that that was something that's going to make me do something about it. I think that's the key thing, isn't it, with body image? It's knowing what's right for you and to be really sure that you're dialed into the reasons that you want to lose weight. Yeah, and there's no right or wrong of what size you, you're supposed to be or what you want to be, but you've got to be... I wasn't happy and I wasn't happy within myself and I felt like I had to change. I, I Yeah, I, uh, I had to do something about it for myself uh, because I didn't think I was happy. So then that was showing to my family you know like your mm. children can feel when you're not yourself and you're not happy yeah I wanted to be good mom 
So the two of you then completely changed your lifestyle, exercised at home five days a week, and we'll come on to talk about your fitness program, which looks amazing and so much fun, Dance Shred, and you adopted a healthy eating plan. And then over those five months, you lost a huge amount of weight between you. James dropped from 15 stone and a half to 12 and a half. And you lost three and a half stone as yeah, well. Sorry, yeah. yeah, dropping from 11 stone nine to eight stone three. Yeah, so a huge amount and losing yeah. even seven inches off your weight in the first two weeks. Or you, and it, well, no, in the first two weeks, you lost two stone between yeah. you. So tell me a bit about how that happened. It was calorie counting. Um, yes, it was watching your diet, definitely, calorie deficit diet. So basically, I like to have everything. So, you know, I I know a lot of people sort of go different diets where they don't eat carbs or, you know, I felt like I needed carbs as well. My body, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I need carbs. So I needed to have something that I can have. that I can have my chocolate if I really want a piece of chocolate, you know, and if if you want a glass of wine or or Prosecco, you can still have it within the diet. Um, It's a calorie deficit diet. So as long as you're in your calorie, you know, intake. So it, it had to be something that works for me. And I felt like that worked for me. And I tell you what, Rosie, I did so many diets in my life, being a dancer and being, you know, I had to find something that works and with the lifestyle when, you know, going out in the day, I want to be able to still have a sandwich if I need to have a sandwich yeah, um, and not have like this cooked chicken, you know, or whatever it might be in a special diet, but I needed a normal diet, like normal food. Mm. Um, So I found calorie deficit work for me. Okay, so you didn't follow any particular diet fad that we know about. No, okay. No. It was all calorie deficit for me, watching what, you know, it, it, it's, and in end of the day, it's a portion control, control as well. Watching your portions, I realized that our portions were too big. You know, maybe the food that we were, we were eating wasn't that bad, but it's the amount of food that we were eating, you know, they, there's nothing wrong with having certain things, but with, with a certain amount, you know. So I, I don't know. We just and the thing is, our bodies always moved and our bodies always danced and everything. So we stopped and we were locked down. We had the baby, IVF, and everything else. And suddenly, your your body went into shock and and put all this weight on. So we we needed to find our way to lose it. How did you get back into that fitness again? <sighs> Do you know what I? Having Ella, you can't just go out and do exercise whenever you want. You've got this child at home. She wasn't going like full time to nursery yet. So I had to find something that I can do at home. And I started to dance with her, simply started to dance. And we were doing a few steps with her and she was enjoying doing it with us. And then we did a few like moves, normal exercise moves like squats and different things that Obviously, you don't need any weights or anything like that. Just purely doing it at home in my kitchen. And we looked at each other and we went, hmm, hmm, there's something in this. We've got a bit of dancing and a bit of, you know, a bit of uh, different exercises that you can connect together. We, We were losing weight and... We were like, there is something here. We've got something here that we enjoy yeah. doing as a family. Ella is doing it with us and we're doing it together, husband and wife, you know. And that's how we just come up with our fitness thing, really. So it's called Dance Shred and it's yeah. a program where you do sort of 15 minutes a day. Yeah. And it's really easy to follow and really good fun. So basically, it's a collection of different uh, basic steps, like let's say it's salsa, it's basic step salsa, and then few um, different exercises into it, like squats and bunny hops and crab walks, things that you just do it with your own body weight. So nothing, you know, too hard, no heavy weights involved or anything like that, but everything is done to music. So we choreographed it in a way that we're doing our dance steps and then we go into a squat and then the squat is done into the music as well. So, and we really enjoy doing that. And now seeing everyone else doing it, we've had so many uh, lovely people doing it with us now. Everyone is enjoying it. 
which really nice to see because you're actually doing it to music. Yeah, and then you can do like a bit of salsa, a bit of cha-cha, a bit of Viennese walls. And actually people sweating a lot and losing weight. And there's so many people that are doing it right now and so happy to do it, which is so not nice for us. Well, you're really building a community now in that area. And just 15 minutes a day yes. really can achieve those 15 results. 15 minutes a day. Obviously, you can do more if you like to. And there is, um, you can do 15 minutes of cha-cha and then you can do 15 minutes of salsa if you want. But yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever your body uh, tells you to do and also how much time you have because we don't have that much time on the hands. So at least mm. if you've got that 15 minutes here and there while the kids are watching TV, you can do it with them in the same room. So are you now sort of the size that you were pre-baby? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the size I am, yeah, pre-Ella uh, and pre-my IVF. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy now. I'm, I'm in a good place now. I'm in a happy size. I wouldn't want to lose any more. Um, it's just maintenance for me now. Mm. I, I, I'm finding my balance. I still go out and have a drink here and there. Um, but, you know... Just, just finding balance and being as healthy as I can at home. I think that's my thing. And then when we go out, we can treat ourselves. But when we're at home, we're good. So do you find it easy to sustain? I mean, are you constantly calorie counting and weighing? No, I would say I'm not calorie counting because I'm, I'm, I'm more aware of how much everything is. Because on the beginning, you, you, it's like a learning process, how much that rice is and how much those potatoes are and how much is that piece of chicken. It's sort of learning curve. But now I don't have to count because I sort of know my portion, how my portion should look, you know. So it's much easier now. So it's good that it sounds like you haven't lost any of the enjoyment of life. No, that's the thing. And this is what I needed. I, you know, last night we went out with friends and I still had a glass of wine and still had dinner in the restaurant. So, and I didn't count now. I wasn't counting my calories there, you know? Yeah. It's about balance. But today we're at home, so I'm going to cook a healthy dinner. It is just balancing, isn't it? It's, it's finding your middle. Yeah, and being a dancer, I mean, I guess body shape has just been a huge part of defining who you are. It's part of your life. Yeah. You need your body in order to sustain your career. And how has your relationship with your body changed over the years? I'm more understanding, I think. I think I think that comes with age. Uh, as well you sort of go you know I, I, my body is great I mean when I look back and when I complained about my body I was like oh my god I was tiny there why would I complain it you, you know I, why would I complain about my body but and you know as a dancer you are harsh on yourself but yeah I think I'm more understanding now he gave me a, you know my beautiful girl so yeah it's it's all right I mean my body it's good you know it's I'm in a happy place with my body now do you think there is too much pressure on new mums to snap back into a certain shape? Absolutely. But I think in some ways we put that pressure on ourselves, if I'm honest. I think we all sort of look at everyone else and go, oh, she's thin and she's this and she's got flatter tummy. I think we put the pressure on ourselves, if I'm honest, as well. Yeah, but definitely pressure on, yeah. Some people obviously find it easier to lose the baby weight than others as well. So, yeah, it's definitely hard looking at a person going, oh, my God, she's lost all her baby weight. How amazing she looks. So you always com compare yourself to other people, always. I think it's important to know that we always have to ask ourselves, you know, what is the reason behind doing this? Are you genuinely doing it for you and for your own yeah. health reasons? Or yeah. are you doing it to fit in with a beauty Absolutely. standard? And it's that that can be a problematic area. What is your feeling towards social media and images of perfection that we see there? Do you know what? If, if it was my way, I probably wouldn't have social media. <laughs> as much as it's a massive part of my life and my husband's life and, you know, it's our sort of business, social media. I'm glad that I didn't have social media when I was younger. And I am worried for social media when my daughter is older, if I'm honest, because it can be very, very dark place. People are very opinionated and you've got to have that thick skin. 
and have been around long enough to have that fixed skin, but I am worried for the young kids. I am, I really am, because they, you know, not only there is bullying at school, and I suppose you're never going to stop that in some ways, but now they come home and they get bullied because they, it's all over social media. And if it was my um, choice, I wouldn't have social media. I would have social media mm. banned till they're 18, if I'm honest. Yeah. How will you deal with that time when it comes, Varela? It's hard. I really don't know. Like I said, no, no one can tell you how you're going to deal with things and how you're supposed to deal with things. You hope that you're going to deal with it right way. I think it's hard for parents because seeing my friends having uh, teenage kids now, if you take the social media away from them, well, they're not going to be cool at school. You, your mom and dad are taking your social media away, you know, and then suddenly you this bad parent because you're taken away. But then if you give it to them, you know, then you worried what's happening um, on social media. So it's really tough for parents nowadays, really is. So I'm glad I didn't have it when I was younger. Yeah. And are you in favor of um, users having to disclose when they've airbrushed or distorted an image or used a filter that has distorted a shape? Yeah, that's I think a hot topic at the moment. I think it should be shown. I yeah. Think. You know, we all com compare ourselves to everyone else. Someone's got better teeth than me, you know. I've got my own teeth. Someone's got better teeth. But then you think, yeah, but they've probably done their teeth or they had more Botox or they had, you know, you, you naturally compare yourself to that person. Yeah, so I think if there's any, um, any things that they change in the pictures, I think it should be shown, yeah. I don't really use anything, I believe. I've never used anything like that on my uh, pictures. So, yeah, it's hard, really hard, difficult. Now, you've told Hello about going to see a fertility doctor to discuss trying for another baby. How is that going? Um, I have seen a doctor last year. Um, and um, one of the things that I've heard is maybe you should get a bit more healthier, you know. And I, I agreed with that. I didn't want to get pregnant the size I was. Um, I don't think it would have been healthy for me or the baby. And I wasn't in the right place either. So I didn't want to start IVF being the weight I was. So I've decided to wait and lose the weight. Um, now I've lost the weight. Now I can think about going back in and, you know, and doing it again, to be honest. So, um, I mean, we try to do it naturally and it's not happening. So I think that's the only choice that we're going to get now. It's, it's trying it again. Oh, well, we wish you all the best with that. Thank you. <laughs> now, your second reset moment is leaving Strictly. Yes. Now, you were in the show from 2006 until 2015 and lifted the glitter ball with Chris Hollins in 2009, yes. which is one of the most memorable years in my yes. mind, definitely. How did you decide it was time to leave? Um, obviously, James left two years before me. So I did Strictly for two years without him. And I didn't feel it was the same for me. I danced with Pasha, which was amazing, um, the two years as a professional partner on the show. Yeah, but it wasn't, for me, there was part of me missing when James left, if I'm honest. And um, I did my 10 years and I thought, I think I've done enough. You know, I've, I've had so many partners and I've won the show. And I think it was time for me to move, move on and, and sort of change my life. And it was a big, big change because Strictly takes so many um, months out of your life in a year, you know, six months, the show, then you go on different tours and the shows and everything else that goes with it. Um, so it's a, it's a big change in, in, in your life. And suddenly you're like, whoa, what, what is that, you know, after Strictly? But there is life after Strictly, you know, we, we suddenly find everyone finds themselves somehow in different things. It's amazing how everyone just goes into a different paths and lives and everything. It's quite scary living strictly because you don't know what's there after you leave, but there is life and it's great life. So yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, it was definitely a big res reset for me. Mm, and leaving a job that you love can be the hardest decision. 
Yeah, and it's like this unknown. You know, I love this job. I've, you know, I've loved for some, so many years. I was part of it. What's there? What's left for me? You know, what am I going to do now? So it's just the unknown that is really scary. But yeah, I, I definitely think it was the right time for me to go. Definitely. And and I was I was happy with the decision I made that when I left, you know, it was right. Now I've sat back and I love watching the show and oh I can't imagine bending my back and jumping and you know, it's full on, you know. Yes. It's it is, full isn't it? On. It really is. So I I love just sitting back and watching it now on my TV. <laughs> so could anything tempt you to go back? Um, no. No, I you I, poor you like hesitated slightly no, then. Oh, you know what? I'm too old. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but I'm too old now. I feel like I'm too old to go back on the show to dance. Let's leave it to the younger ones to just just do it. It hurts. Rosie, when you get out of bed, it hurts nowadays. The thing <laughs> you have to do on strictly, it hurts. Your body I bet. doesn't recover the same. Well, it, it, it is a relentless schedule, isn't it? it? Is. And all the tours mm. as well. Um, but it's so much fun to watch. And you also appeared in the 2017 I'm a Celebrity. Yeah, I have. Long yeah. on now. Yeah. What are your memories of that? Oh, I loved it. I, I always was big fun of the show. So I, I was like, I'm leaving Strictly. I'm going to go on I'm Celebrity because I absolutely love it. And yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I loved leaving under the sky, you know. It was amazing. I loved the show. And I had like Carol Vorderman in there, which I really got on very well with. And and Jordan Banjo. They're doing it now, actually, aren't they? So um, yeah, um, it was great for me. Would you do another celebrity show like that? I don't know. I mean, do you know what? I didn't have Ella then. <laughs> so doing a show to go away for such a long time, I don't know. I don't know if I could leave my baby. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's a totally different thing going away now for a long time. I, w I went out last night with my friends and my sister uh, was here babysitting and I came back and I missed her. Just for like a few hours. Well, I miss her when she goes to nursery. But I waited for her for such a long time that I, I don't want to leave her for too long. Well, I'd love to see you back on our screens and something <laughs> like that. Um, who would you like to most see in Strictly? <gasps> Prince Harry. <laughs> <gasps> oh, that would be good, wouldn't it? So good. And, and actually, um, now that Megan is signed up to... Um, did she sign up to um, agency, didn't she? I think maybe she wants to do it. Maybe. Well, we know that other members of the royal family are fans, aren't they? Queen Camilla yeah. is a fan of Strictly. Yeah, yeah. She was always a fan, big fan. I had the pleasure of meeting King Charles and uh, Queen Camilla back in 2010, I think, after, just after I won Strictly at Princess Trust events. And it was amazing because they knew who I was. So that's, wow. that's like, wow moment, you know, because we just won Strictly and obviously they were watching and they were like, yeah, we loved you on Strictly and we were rooting for you. That's amazing to hear. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Dame Ola Jordan. I think it has a, quite a good ring to it. <laughs> 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 oh, Ola, it's been so nice speaking to you. Um, I just wanted to finish off with talking about often it's the small wins in life that put us into a good place. What is the small win that makes you happiest? The small wins in life? Um, Ella saying, Mommy, I want to be like you. Oh, that's I, a I lovely one. It's, it's yeah, it's the things that make it now for me, like the small things, like oh, my baby, she's amazing. Yeah, that is really nice. Oh, well, thank you so much. The time thank just you. flew. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. I really loved that chat with Ola, and I love how candid and open she is around her whole journey towards motherhood. I think that that will offer support to so many others and it can't have been an easy decision for her and James to make. So three takeaways that stood out to me from that chat. Number one is around that subject area and it's the idea of being mindful 
to anybody that might be undergoing any form of um, IVF or pregnancy treatment or is on the road to becoming a parent. Just being really careful that you don't ply them with questions that might come from the best place. As Ola said, often these questions are very well intentioned, but they might be hurtful to the person that you're asking. So being really mindful and perhaps not asking somebody constantly if they are on, on that IVF journey, knowing that you will probably be one of the first to know when they feel comfortable to announce some happy news. Secondly, around fitness, I saw her whole face light up when she talked about Dance Shred and how just 15 minutes a day of dancing can get you into shape. I think that that is something I'm definitely going to try to incorporate into my life. Turn up the music, have some fun, get dancing around your kitchen. Number three, I would like to point out that this weight loss journey was right for Ola and she feels so much healthier, stronger and vibrant now. But if you are thinking of embarking on any kind of body transformation, it is advisable to do the work around understanding why you are doing it. Is it genuinely for you or is it to conform to a beauty standard? Jumping on the weighing scales is not for everyone. We are all different and at Hello, we are advocates of working towards a world where every body, size and shape can exist free of judgment. I wish you health and longevity no matter what. Thanks again to Tenor for sponsoring this episode. For more information, visit tenor.co.uk or give them a follow on Instagram or Facebook. And if you are worried about any symptoms associated with incontinence, always seek medical advice from your GP. Tenor discreet pads are available in all major retailers. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with your friends. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave us a rating or a review. Don't forget to sign up to the In A Good Place newsletter for more discussion around personal development tips, the concept of resetting for success, and to share your thoughts with me. Simply visit hellomagazine.com and click on the newsletter icon at the top to register. I'll see you next time.